This program is a paid commercial announcement from Jacob Media Partners and does not reflect the views of WPHT or its management. Today's program is pre-recorded. There are so many choices when it comes to selecting the right financial institution. Start with the Philadelphia Federal Credit Union. We're right here in your city. We're also the official credit union of Temple University, and anyone who lives, works, worships, and studies in Philadelphia can open an account with convenient locations throughout our city of brotherly love. Also online at pfcu.com with free online and mobile banking. We're not here for our profit, here for yours. Federally insured by NCUA. WPHT, WPHT, HD, WOGL, HD3, Philadelphia. An Odyssey station. From the Cherry Hill Volvo Studios, where relationships matter. This is Talk Radio 1210, WPHT. It's good news in real estate. If you're a homeowner, if you're selling a home, or perhaps purchasing a home or vacation property, welcome to our home. It's good news in real estate, presented by the Philadelphia Federal Credit Union. Your hosts for the next radio hour, the mortgage mom, Deanne Kitsaris, along with real estate veteran and owner-operator of the Philadelphia Real Estate Classes, Mark Cumberland. Your real estate education starts right now. It's good news in real estate, presented by the Philadelphia Federal Credit Union. All right, good afternoon. Get ready to laugh and learn here on Good News in Real Estate on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. I'm Mark Cumberland, along with my co-host, the mortgage mom, Deanne Katsaris. And how are you, Deanne? I am doing fabulous today, Mark. Just fabulous. Very good. Very, very good. And we're excited to be here every Saturday at 1 o'clock on Talk Radio 1210. If you want to ask us a question about residential, commercial, mortgages, give us a call. My number is 267-266-5501. What's your number, Dan? My number is 609-605-7153. And we are here. We are the only real estate show in the Holy Philly, Philly metro market, which is the fifth largest market in the country. So I wish everybody would tune in because the media does not talk about real estate. And it's booming. So you can listen to this show and past shows on our webpage, goodnewsandrealestate.com, and also at WPHD's website. So what's coming up today? Coming up on today's show, Mark, we have our market report. Yes. We have our business tips with Asking Dr. A. He had a good segment last week. He did have a good segment. And of course, we have Mark's funny story. Got one for you. We have our mortgage mom topic today. Which is what? <sighs> Refi to remodel. So I have some good statistics that I'm going to share with you today. I got some interesting statistics for you in my topic of the day. I kind of saw that. So, Mark, we also um, have a very special guest today. We have Dawn Foff, and she is the president of the New York State MLS, as well as the Nationwide Multiple Listing Service, and president of the New York MLS. So she's going to give us some great insight today. I'm looking forward to speaking with her. Yeah, that sounds very interesting to me. I know. No ranting, all right? No ranting. I know, but she's got to be a statistic person like me. (laughs) Yeah, all right. We'll see. All right, so we have our first question. How can I waive my rights to a real estate property if I'm getting, wait, how can I waive my rights to a real estate property I am getting with my unmarried partner? (laughs) All right. Next question is, can I claim adverse possession on property I maintained for 27 years if that property was sold five years ago? Oops. (laughs) Next question is, can I deduct a repair slash replacement cost from my rent if the landlord endlessly stalls on fixing it? That's a common, common question. Next last question is, Mark, findings on a home inspection. No wording in the agreement that I have to pay for findings. Do I need to? That's a good one, too. It is a good one. All right. We also have our topic of the day. 
Tackling Home Financing and Down Payment Misconceptions. There's a ton of them. Just like the 20% or whatever. There's a bunch. (laughs) But Mark, first, give us your motivational quote. And a motivational quote is, a positive mindset brings positive things. And it happened to me today. I was not in a positive mood. I got in a positive mood and I hired a new bookkeeper and a new administrative assistant. Oh, congrats. That's awesome. Yeah, well, we shall see. All right. It's a step forward and not a step back. Hey, always got to go forward. So where are we at? So we are up to the market report. And there is the bell. So anyway, this is a a study that was done, the National Home Price Index, and a and we've been talking about the inventory shortage and all that, but house prices saw that their most significant increase in 34 years in 2021. So during this pandemic, when everybody Thank was you. worried about that, I actually said it right there. You did. <laughs> Just like Gerard. I, Gerard Ave. Yeah, okay. So anyway, the, in 34 years, the most significant increase, that's a 18.8 percent increase according to the data released uh, a couple weeks ago mass migration to the south southwest mountain west drove some of the sharpest increases in home prices was that was reported and you sit you're seeing that you hear that one on the news that's about the only thing they ever talk about but the biggest jump was in phoenix where house prices reached 32.5 percent tampa miami san diego las vegas denver los angeles also saw large appreciations Influxes of new investment. It's pulling in new residents from the Northeast. A lot of people heading to Florida. A thousand a day. A tax situation. (laughs) And they got a great governor, many of whom sold homes at prices well above the median in Tampa and Miami, which allows them to be aggressively. And all kinds of good things are happening down there. Uh, The S&P Dow Jones predicted a higher lending rates by the Federal Reserve that might cool the housing market. We, we shall see. In the short term, we should soon begin to see some impact of rising mortgage rates on home prices, but they just went down. So who knows, you know? They just went back up. This European scenario straightened out. It would be a little better, and I didn't have to pay like $5 a gallon, which <laughs> uh, I'm really not too happy about. And... The U.S. housing market is being driven in part by all that change and off and how households reacted to COVID, needing more space, office space, whatever. And the real estate market saw the most existing homes sold in 15 years in 2021, with sales topping over six million while the supply sunk to an all-time low. I just had a cold. Which we day. say every week. Oh, yeah, and we've been saying for a few years, but now, you know, I remember like a year or so ago, two years ago, we were saying we were at a 14-year low, and now we are in uncharted territory. I told somebody today, last two, last last Saturday, inventory in the city was, uh, what, 2702 actives in Philadelphia? 29, was it 27 or 29? It was 27, I think. Yeah, 27. We actually went down from like 4,200 a couple months ago. So tell us about the rates. So the rates are not coming down. We're still going to see a couple more tick um, tick upward. But right now you're looking at a conventional for your um, 30-year fixed conventional. We're hovering around 4%, between 3.875 and 4%. 15-year, you're at 3.25%. Your FHA is... Um, your FHA loan is 3.875. 
And it's, I'm going to go into it a little bit, Mark, on my topic. It's still not too late to refi. So we'll go no. into some of those ideas, but. There's um, a lot of people that have mortgages at five and 6%. They still do. You're correct. There's, and they, there's over how many, 3 million houses in the United States or something. So I mean, like I guarantee it, they just come out of the bank and they never think about it. Anyway, right. with that, you're listening to Good News in Real Estate here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHD, all positive. All the time, we'll be with you. On behalf of the Philadelphia Federal Credit Union, we hope you're enjoying Good News in Real Estate with Deanne Katsaris and Mark Cumberland. The Philadelphia Federal Credit Union. Not here for our profit, here for yours. All right, welcome back to Good News in Real Estate here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT, all positive all the time. So we're at this cat, Cyrus. So, Mr. Cumberland, we are up to <laughs> our funny story. So I got one for you. So this, this guy, Liz, he went, he moved to Florida. He took the bait, man. He went Shocking. to Florida. This uh, balding, white-haired, elderly gentleman, he moves to Florida. And what happens? He runs into this beautiful, young, younger girl, new girlfriend. So he takes her out on a Friday evening, and he says, yeah, I want to do spe- something special for her. Takes her to a jewelry shop, and he told the jewelry he was looking for a special ring for his new girlfriend. The jeweler looked through his stock, came out with a ring around $5,000. The guy goes, no, no, I'd like to see something a little more special. At that, the jeweler went to his special stock and brought out another ring. He goes, here's a stunning ring and only 40000 the jeweler said. The, lady, the girl's eyes like lit up. Her whole body trembled. The old man said, this. he goes, we'll take it. And the drawer asked, how payment? How do you want to make the payment? man said, by check. He goes, you know, I need to make sure my check is good, so I'll write it now, and you can call the bank Monday to verify the funds, and I'll pick the ring up Monday afternoon. The drawer says, okay. Monday morning, Jewelers calls the guy up all angry. He goes, yo, there's no money in that account. The guy goes, the old man says, I know. He goes, let me tell you about how great my weekend, though, was. Oh, my God. <laughs> See, all seniors are not senile. There's some Sharpies out there. <laughs> I could go further, but I'm going to bite I, I my know. bullet. I know. You got to be careful. You got to be careful. I am. So anyway, now it is time for the Mortgage Mom segment with the Aunt Kat Cyrus from Green Tree Mortgage. And our topic is refining to remodel, correct? <laughs> that is correct, which right. is shocking after 13 years that you actually I, got. I get one. I'm about... 80, 60%, maybe 60%. I'm glad you went from 80 to 60 very quickly. Thank you. (laughs) Because you weren't going to go with 80. (laughs) (laughs) So I saw a a stat that Lowe's, Lowe's Home Improvement is up 17%. No doubt. Right? Now, what's happening is because of the lack of homes that that are being built and the lack of people getting offers accepted, which, of course, um, we found a way to solve that as well, but... People are looking to make their current home their dream home. So a lot of people are tapping into the equity of their home. And some people don't actually know what that equity is or what they could actually do with it. So the refi boom is not gone. Um, You just need to know where to look. So there's different ideas when depending on whether um, you want to read. Let's say you want to remodel your kitchen or you want to remodel your bathroom or you want to add an addition or you want to put a gorgeous bar downstairs That's right. um, with lights and a really sharp sign. You could tap into <laughs> the equity of your current home. Now, if it's your primary resident, Mark, we need to um, – there's only certain percentages that you could take out of the home. 
So you need to leave equity in the property, but you can take out the rest of it. Now, depending again, if it's, um, if it's going to be an investment property, a second home, or if it's going to be your primary is going to depend on what the percentages are. But um, what happens is, and, and most people don't know this, that when you take out the equity in your home, even though you're doing that, you could still remove the private mortgage insurance on a conventional loan. You could get rid of that mortgage insurance. So sometimes if you have um, PMI and we're only going to take out, let's say, 80% of the equity, you're going to get rid of that PMI, have the cash in hand, and still maybe have an opportunity to lower the payment. Not as much as we were last year, but there's still an opportunity. So it's still less expensive than moving, paying for a mover, right? Um, There's a lot of expenses. And you know I battle with this every, every other week. Should we move? Should we stay? Should we move? Should we stay? Should I tap into the equity and make this house exactly the way that I want it and update it because I haven't done anything in years? Or should I take all the equity that's in the house and sell it? But if I sell it, there's nowhere to go. And that's the situation. Would you say? (laughs) You just got to get, you can get lucky. You'll find something. You know, people are moving. People it's are not definite. like there's no sales going. More, I just told I, you, more houses were sold in 21 than in what, 13 years or something? I'm not denying that. I mean, if people weren't buying houses, I'd be out of business. Exactly. The market is booming. We wouldn't booming. be on the air here. The market is booming, <laughs> but I'm just giving people a different option that yes. you can tap into the equity in your home. You can remodel. And maybe you want to do both because if you remodel your house and you update it, it's going to increase the value of the value, home anyway. I was just going to say. So it's and, a win-win. And with, the, and with the appreciation, say you go spend twenty-five grand on something in some neighborhoods, and your house is worth four or five hundred grand. You might make that up in a year or two, and you're back to where you were, and and everything's like yeah, like. I mean, that's how good it is, right? No, now. It, I mean it's a win-win. But I just people are, you know, the, we miss the opportunity to refinance. The rates are still high. It's not the case. So, yes, the rates are higher, but if you're in the 5%, if your interest rate is around 5%, it's still time to refi. Right. And and I'm telling you, there's people probably with six and sevens. I'd like to know if there's some statistics somewhere, like what percentage of the country has automatic payments and what percentage of country are, out of all the mortgages in the country are, are over 5 or 6%. I bet you there's a ton of them. And, and you know but how many- you know what? They got good jobs. The money comes out of their account every month. And they, they don't think, think about, about it. it. They don't think about they don't, it. And when they get that statement in the mail, except for the one at the end of the year to pay their taxes, they throw it they throw them away. That's what I do. <laughs> I'll look at every I statement. I know you throw them out. But yeah. the other thing to that is, I just had a gentleman call last week that wanted to refinance, and it was a very large loan. I asked him what his interest rate was, and he said, oh, it's it's low. It's probably, I think it's three six. I got the statement and it was 4.25%. See, he didn't know. He had no idea. So again, this just goes back to what I say every single week. Take a look at your statement. Give me a call, 609-605-7153. Let's just do a quick analysis and see if it's right for you. I just, I just sent Jimmy Carter a letter and said, you know, Jim, I'm a little ticked because I, I, I locked in at 13%. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's uh, <laughs> let's move into our questions. Right, you ready? What's the first one? All right, the first one is: How can I waive my rights to a real estate property I am getting with my unmarried partner? 
So they want to waive How their rights. How can I waive my rights? This is a weird question. Sure. I got this question, but I mean, it's, it's, so the, you're get well, if they're going on the loan, right? If they're going on the loan, they're on deed and title. They have rights. I mean, they could quick claim deed themselves off, off of, of the it. property. That would be the yeah. way to do it. That's the only way to do it. It's a, there's not enough info of. in that question there. There is not. Or they could, you know, eventually just refinance themselves off. But, if the partner qualifies on their own. Yeah, they could do but that. otherwise, quick claim deed would be the, the best way to go. All right, what's the next All right, one? number two. Can I claim adverse possession on a property I maintained for 27 years if that property was sold five years ago? The answer to that is no. Because how uh, that the law works in Pennsylvania, if actually, did you know they changed it to 10 years from 21? Uh, for, I did not. Yeah, so if you, if you took care of a property or you squatted in a property for 21 years, and then you went to court, you could get ownership. <laughs> and, and it didn't have to be 21 years straight. It could have been like f uh, f five years and then somebody else to five, but it all totaled up to 21 years. But in 2019, they changed it to 10 to 20 years. So because of some of the things with the, actually a lawsuit, all due to one of my clients. And you can see one of your clients, yeah, and you can see the property from the Gerard Avenue <laughs> L station. And what it was, the city owned this property, and this guy put a storage container on it and made a garden. And he maintained it for like 20 some years. And all of a sudden, the city wanted it back, and he won. And he won. Wow. But in this case, this guy didn't pay attention, didn't do what he was, do, was supposed to do, and it was sold. And now he wants to uh, claim adverse possession. He's probably going to lose. So the answer is no. So so that goes back to possession is nine-tenths of the law, right? Right. If he would have did something within that 20, after that 21st year, he would own that property. All right, what's the Got next it. one? The next question is, can I deduct a repair or a replacement cost from my rent if the landlord endlessly stalls on fixing it? And this is uh, this is the one that's pretty common with renters because you got a landlord that is not, you know, is just collecting the checks every month, and you got this problem. Now, if it's a serious problem, like say the heater is not working, I mean, and what and there's a there's a lot of myths out there with tenants that I can just not send in the rent. That's not the case. You get the landlord tenant court. You, you still got to be paying the rent, but there are things that you could do. I mean, first you try to negotiate with this landlord and try to get this thing resolved, but you cannot just stop paying rent because then you're going to be rent. in eviction court. But right. you could you could get the repair done if it's something minor, and say I'm deducting it from next month's rent and see what happens. But like, or put it in escrow, yeah, put the rent put in, in escrow, in an escrow account. Um, right, it varies. It varies. But if the landlord's not responsive, you got to do something. What's the next one? Call Legal Shield. The next question is findings, findings on a home inspection. No wording in agreement that I have to pay for findings. Yeah, well, this, or do I need to? What this was about was somebody bought a home and they waived a home inspection, but they got a home inspection done anyway. And then they came back to the seller and said, "Now that we had a home inspection, we want this, this, and this." And the answer to that question is too bad. I mean, when you, after you should have put in a home inspection clause and, or if you did this, you should have came to the seller and said, listen, uh, we want, here's an addendment to the agreement of sale. 
and then see if the seller was willing to negotiate with you. But just because it's, if it's not in the contract, it's not in the contract. So, you know, that's just like having Uncle Harry walk through the house before you settle, and Uncle Harry points out a couple of things. No, that's not going to cut it. Right. So, right. You got time for one more or no? We do not. All right. So we'll we'll move that one on to next week. So, so Mark, coming up next is going to be our guest segment. And as I mentioned, we are honored to have Dawn Foff, and she is the president of New York State MLS, as well as the, the Nationwide Multiple Listing Service and president of New York MLS. Very good. So I'm looking forward to having a conversation. Me too. So with that, you're listening to Good News <laughs> in Real Estate here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. All positive, all the time. We'll be right Deanne and Mark are halfway through this week's edition of Good News in Real Estate, presented by the Philadelphia Federal Credit Union. Not here for our profit, here for yours. When the show returns, more real estate news from around the Delaware Valley. All right, welcome back to Good News in Real Estate here on Talk Radio 1210, WPHT, all positive, all the time. So where are we at, Deanne? So, Mark, we are up to our guest segment, and today we have Dawn Foff, and she is the founder of the New York State Multiple listing service. Really, really. So, welcome, how are you, Dawn? Good. Hi. Welcome. Welcome. How are you guys doing? Good. <laughs> We're doing so great. First, tell us the story you have. Why you do what you do? Because all I, right. Well, I started out my life as a disc jockey on the radio up in <laughs> upstate New York. Um, I was on a morning show there, and after about twelve years of making no money, I said, "Man, I got to get out of this." <laughs> so I went into real estate. <laughs> Uh, actually, I worked for some tech companies first, and then I went into real estate. I became a real estate appraiser. Then I became an investor. I was flipping properties, buying properties like it's going out of style, um, flipping contracts. I'd done all of that, done subdivisions. My husband and I have done uh, developments. And I was a member of about 10 different multiple listing services in, in upstate New York. It was really expensive. Yep. And then one day, I got a fine. 150 bucks wow. <laughs> from the local board of realtors. And I was, you know, I couldn't have cared less about the 150 bucks, but I was, that's, that fine really made me mad. So I said, you know what? Why is there not one statewide multiple listing service? Why are we sitting here with like one per county? And yep. if you want to work in upstate New York, you have to work across like eight counties. So you have to pay for them all. It's ridiculous. All the data is in all different places. And as an appraiser, um, just in order to do my job as an appraiser, I had to, uh, you know, do some convoluted thing where I tried to pull all the comps and then put them together and dedupe all the ones that for the people who were in both MLSs. It was just a nightmare. So I was like, you know what? Someone should do make a statewide multiple listing service, right? So I went to the boards. I was like, you know, are these people going to make a, a statewide MLS? And they can never come to an agreement. And finally, I said, you know, we're not going to get one unless somebody just does it. So I'm just going to do it. I'm just going to make one. <laughs> and so I, I called all the software companies. I was like, you know what? I'm, I'm going to buy software. I'll make my own statewide MLS. And they wouldn't even call me back. <laughs> they were like, one guy, one guy called me back. He was like, you know, Dawn, I'm going to be honest with you. I can't sell you software. My customers will, will cancel my contract. They'll hate me. And uh, I can't piss them off like that. <laughs> so I won't sell you software. And I was like, God. And I didn't give up. Because I was so mad about that $150. <laughs> and I, I'm a geek. And I worked for a tech company. And I'm a DJ. I'll do my own thing, right? I like, we do what we call roll our own. So I rolled my own. And I got statewide software. 
And cool. I had um, I have a I have a developer who's with me from the beginning. He, he writes all the code. He he's a geek too. Sorry, Tom, but um, <laughs> um, yeah. So we ended up doing that, and then about four or five years later, we started getting calls from people in Florida because Florida people wanted a list in in the New York State MLS because they couldn't sell any houses at that time. This market was really bad. Right. They would call us up. They would, oh, can I put my listing in the New York State MLS? Because I got to get a New York buyer. I can get a flyer, Florida buyer. So I want a New York buyer. And I was like, well, we don't, we don't take Florida listings. Sorry. And then like a million calls. I was like, you know, I'm really missing out on an opportunity here. I should take Florida listings. Wow. I called Tom and I'm like, you know, Tom, let's take Florida listings. He's like, ah, let's take them all. Like, <laughs> the whole country. Sure. Lucky enough, you know, the name of the MLS in New York is NY State MLS. And we were just lucky enough. We got MY State MLS. So we own My State MLS and we cool. own NY State MLS. Uh, and we turned it into a nationwide multiple listing service uh, around 2015, 2016. And between then and now, we're just growing it. Like, I mean, we've got members in every state. So we don't have all the listings. We're not um, the only multiple listing service, certainly in the country. There's 600 of multiple listing services. But with my state MLS, you can list anywhere you're licensed. And if you're licensed in multiple states, you can list in multiple states. Um, so it's um, it's a great tool. And, and it's actually a marketing tool because you can generate leads from it. But the best part, like for the mortgage companies, is we have um, a tool called ProSearch, which, is allow, which will allow you to do appraisals anywhere in the country on residential property or vacant land or multifamilies. You can find all the comps whether on MLS or off, they're all in ProSearch. So as an appraiser, you're, you're able to do your job with one tool That's now. cool. Wow, that's awesome. So, uh, so yeah. now that you've grown this big, are you still getting pushback from the other boards? Like, they must, <laughs> are they following you around or something? <laughs> um, so, you know, they're not I know so many money. companies. I know so many companies that would drop out of their local board if they could. They can. They can. Yeah, you, know, you know what they do? So this is what a lot, a lot do in New York, okay? I'll tell you the story about how we got big in New York. The, big, the story how we got big in New York's fun. In Brooklyn, there was a multiple listing service still there. They were charging $18,000. You wanted to get in it? eighteen grand to the wow. broker to buy a share in that multiple listing service. For and just Brooklyn? One share. Damn. And then there were still fees after that, and they still had that rule where everyone had to pay their bill or they all got cut off, and then you have to enter your listing in 48 hours, you get a $2,500 fine. I mean, everything that they could do just to penalize you. I know. And they were, they were syndicating their listings out, and then one day, a whole bunch of Brooklyn people started joining. This happened in like 2016 or 2017, I don't remember the year exactly. And one day when my bell was ringing, I'll ring the bell when, when people sign up. So my bell's ringing like crazy. And I'm like, what the hell's going on? So I go look. I'm like, all right, I hope something's happening in Brooklyn. A whole bunch of people from Brooklyn just joined. So I pick up the phone. I call them and I said, um, you want, you know, this is Dawn. And I noticed you just joined our multiple listing service. And um, can you tell me what we could do for you to help you out? And he, well, yeah, our multiple listing service got in a big fight with one of the big syndicators. I won't say their name. And they cut them off. And so we're just joining you guys now. And I was like, well, wow. it's a good thing we're here because it, you know what I mean by the syndicators. These are the third yeah. party sites, the really big right. ones that everyone knows their name, but I'm not going to say their name. And um, a whole bunch of people in Brooklyn just came to us, started putting their listing in. And it was a good thing we were here because they were a monopoly. Yeah, and they were stuck. 
Nothing. Right. Totally. They would have been stuck. Could you imagine if you have like a listing or you have a hundred listings or whatever in your office and all of a sudden one day, all of your office listings drop off the biggest third party syndicator in the country. Yeah. What would you do? No, I'm you're, serious. Your, your sellers will call you up screaming, well, I got to cancel my contract. You said we were going to be on this site and right. we're not there. Well, thank God we were here for them and they immediately joined us, started putting their listings in. And that's how we ca- captured a large share of Brooklyn. And then it started. Um, we had already kind of had a big share of um, other parts of the state, like through Long Island. And then um, at that around that very same time, uh, real estate brokers in the Hamptons, they needed software because I guess no one would sell them software either. But um, they called me. I know they, someone would sell them software, but they called me up and they asked me to build them custom software based on my framework. So we ended up building that. And so we also run the multiple listing service uh, in the Hamptons. In That's a really cool story because, you know, that is a great story. You know, only like 51% of agents in the whole country belong to a board. And I, I have a bunch of friends, brokers that run offices in Pennsylvania that they don't want to belong to a board. Yeah, and, we don't require a board membership. And, and you know, if you don't belong to a board, then our local MOS charges you more fees to try to make you join a board and pay them money. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, we don't. It, we don't it's we don't it's belong, terrible. You don't need to belong it, to a board. Although I'm I, a realtor, you, you don't need to be. I'm surprised somebody hadn't hasn't done some kind of like class action suit against all these boards by now. But there, there's I one guess going on now against the National Association of Realtors for Realtors, yeah, yeah, but but it's not for that reason. But no. uh, there is a big suit against the NAR right now. Um, antitrust. Yeah, they deserve what they get. Get as far as I'm concerned. Now they're trying to sell me life insurance. I hate them. <laughs> <laughs> John, if somebody has questions or wants to talk to you about this topic, what's how do they get a hold of you? I got about, you know how many people I would love to talk to Dawn <laughs> yeah. and in Pennsylvania? Like, all I ever, I don't hear people ever yeah. talk good about RMOSs. They're you always can, complaining. Just send us a, an email, office, the word office at mystatemls.com. And we can work with you on it. And we can take a feed of your listings, you know, so you don't have to do dual entry or anything like that. Um, and, and we have, we give a lot of benefits. Like we're the big thing, like realtors are always like, where is my lead going? People sell my lead. Well, we don't do that. We're a, you're listing your lead company. So if you're looking for your listing, your lead, you want to get nationwide exposure. Um, you want to join my state MLS office at mystatemls.com. Very cool. That was a very cool story. I'm glad you rolled your own. Really? <laughs> Thanks, Don. Thank Anytime. you, Don. Right, that was up. really good. I I can't wait to tell a bunch of people about that. All right. Next is our topic of the day: tackling home financing and down payment misconceptions. That was a great topic by Dawn. Thanks, guys. Look out, Pennsylvania. So, with that, you're listening to Good News and Real Estate here on 1210. All positive all the time. We'll be right back. Good News in Real Estate with Deanne Katsaris and Mark Cumberland is proudly being provided by the Philadelphia Federal Credit Union. Not here for our profit, here for yours. Deanne and Mark will have more in a moment, but first, a message from one of our home team partners, Green Tree Mortgage. How much do you qualify for? Ask Deanne now at MortgageMom.net. All right, welcome back to Good News in Real Estate here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHD, all positive all the time. So where are we at, Deanne? So, Mark, we're up to our topic of the day, which is tackling home financing and down payment misconceptions. 
man. There's a bunch of them. Despite all the current hype around the home buyers paying all cash, which I'm, everybody's telling me everybody's paying all cash. Well, they're not. The majority of home buyers finance their home purchase. Among primary residents, buyers 87% finance their home purchases, a share that rises to 95% among first-time home buyers. Because usually the older ones that been around got has cash. But right. That's why the numbers are like that. When financing a home, buyers typically put down a down payment, but how much? One of the biggest misconceptions, and we talk about all the time among housing consumers, what is the typical down payment? What is the amount needed to enter into home ownership? Having knowledge is critical to know because of all the myths out there. As of 2022 starts, many potential home buyers may have a goal of saving up for a home. And some people save way too long. Right. You know, I had a woman that saved like 80 grand. She, that's just what she thought she was going to need to buy. When surveyed, 35% of consumers think they need 16 to 20% for a down payment. And 10% of the consumers think they need more than 20% for a down payment. The, and this woman I ran into, she had saved up 80 grand thinking that she was going to need that much cash. That's I was crazy. Like, hey, you're going to need like 3%. With that ex- expectation in mind, uh, it seemed incredibly discouraging to imagine saving for a home or a condo, with, uh, saving that much money. And seeing these reports of the home prices going up, that goal even appeared further from reach. However, in actuality, the typical down payment for first-time home buyers ranged from between 6 and 7%. Since 2018, historically, the typical payment has been as high as 10% when NAR first started collecting data in 1989. For repeat buyers, and typically down payments was 17% last year. In recent years, the down payment for repeat buyers has steadily increased as housing equity for owners has grown. In 2014, repeat buyers put down about 13% because, you know, now they got all this money they from the sale. So they put down more to make their monthly payment, but Go they down, didn't right. have to. They didn't have to do that, right? But they did that to lower their monthly. Buyers have many loan options. The majority of all buyers use conventional financing to purchase a home. Among first-time buyers, twenty-three percent used FHA. FHA allows buyers to put down as little as three point five percent. A mortgage broker or housing counselor can discuss the loan options. Call Deanne; she can go over everything with you. There is a. a sites you can look all this stuff up and there and now there's all kinds of grant programs and other stuff out there too to assist with down payments and that one program that you're doing which is unbelievable program that cash program and the last question may be how does one come up with the down payment for four-fifths of first-time home buyers the down payment comes from savings the share of first-time home buyers to use savings from a down payment last year rose has been and incrementally increasing since 2016. And due to the pandemic, <laughs> a lot of people saved a lot of cash. There was a, you know, they weren't spending money like usual, and there was a lot of cash uh, sitting in bank accounts. 28% of the buyers were able to use a gift from friends or relatives. The share receiving family help has remained relatively steady since 2003, though it did rise to a high of 36% in 2010. So that's when we were coming out of the bad market in, of 08. And there was a first jump in first-time home buyers in the market with the first-time home buyer tax credit. And, fa- and families oh, may have encouraged buyers to enter all that. Yeah. But the share of first-time home buyers who sold stocks or bonds for their down payment has doubled since 2003 
from 6% to 12%. Similarly, the share of first-time home buyers who used their 401k pension funds for down payment rose from 7% to 10%, and this be due to the increased number of younger investors who are rising stock values. Additionally, due to the higher home prices, buyers need to use multiple sources to put together a down payment. So there was a lot of like things in that, you know, everybody thinks, and that 20% myth and higher it's still out there, man. And, it's and, unbelievable it, that it's still out there. And Mark, and it just doesn't go away. I don't know. You know, we're the only real estate show in Philly. Right. So unless you listen to this, how do you know that? Yeah, you know? it's it's funny too. And they didn't mention anything about gifting. I mean, a lot of a lot of people are getting gifts from their family members. You know, mom yeah. and dad well, are They actually them. did mention that there was a big risk, uh, a 36% increase in gifts from family and friends. So, did I miss that? you know, that's happened a lot more. But you don't need 20 or over 20% down to buy a house. Right. And, and the other thing with your 401k, most people don't even know what the rules are for that. So no. they don't even know that they can borrow from it. No, there's a lot of, I had a real real estate agent call me today, actually, and ask me about what my tax ID number is, because he wanted to claim a $500 real estate classes on his taxes. I'm like, he he goes, I said, when did you take this course? He goes, a couple years ago. I said, who's doing your taxes? I am. Good I luck. said, are you, an, are you an accountant? He goes, no. I said, then stay in your lane. Hire an accountant and write it off. <laughs> All right, that was a good topic. All right. All right, Mark, so we are up to our segment with Asking Dr. A. We're going to continue to motivate without money. That's a good topic. How are you, Dr. A. Abelson? I'm doing fine, Mark. How are you guys? We are good. We're doing well, thank you. So tell good. us about the social aspect of motivating without money. Well, it's it's not a fun social. It's a selflessness social. And it's it's really interesting because this is one of those aspects where you can actually double count. Uh, because what happens is, the person that's working for you feels really good about it, and you do something in society so other people feel good about you. So it's, it's a social outreach. It's like a Mother Teresa in your backyard. So what, what happens <laughs> is, is this particular individual just likes to do things for other people, um, and that's what motivates them. Now, when we're talking about behaviors, we're talking about the yes or steadiness, you know, kind of like a paternalistic or, or maternalistic type of approach. What happens with this is it's really part of their value base. Right. Okay, so they, they really, it's not just a behavior, but for them, it's a way of life. So they go about helping other people do things. Well, that's great within an organization, because if you have somebody, especially if they have some really good technical skill, and you ask them if you can help, they always say yes, yep. right? And or if there's some opportunity in the community. So so maybe maybe you're trying to do something and get more community, community exposure. Make sure they've got a name tag that has their name on it and your business on it, you know, and let them, you know, get involved. But you probably want to channel their activity or else they, they might get involved in an organization that doesn't meet the values of your organization or doesn't meet your organizational needs. So, you know, so that, so it's important to realize that that you can have somebody and reward them who works for you by having them do something in the community, and then the community loves you too. So it, it really is a double double whammy. It's in and a there's a lot way. of people like that. And, yes, and some sometimes they have a little bit of a downfall because they can't say no. They'll join everything. 
Exactly. And that that is the biggest issue because they don't know how to say no. They want to help everybody at work. They want to help everybody outside of work. And sometimes that means they don't get their work done, which is not good. So you need to be you need to be watching them to make sure they're getting their work done and you need to help them say no every once in a while. So and a way to do that is to have their activity channeled through you if they're going to be working outside. Right. I actually wrote a song called uh, No, It's All Right. Uh, because and I tell the students about it because you can't say yes to everything or you're not going to get stay in your 20%. But there's some people they just can't help themselves. Somebody right. ask them, can you help? And they just can't say no. You well, know. The way to look at it is every time somebody asks you if you can help, look at it as if they just put a monkey on your back. Right. Okay, so the question is, how many monkeys do you have on your back? And I actually did a little skit with this, and we can't see it on the radio, obviously, but, but I do a little skit with it. And basically what happens is, after a while, you have so many monkeys on your back, you can't even see what you're doing because they're holding on to your head. They're actually sitting on the top of your head, and every once in a while they can't get off in time, so it gets a little wet or <laughs> yucky, um, you know, because that's what they're doing to you. You know, you've said yes to be nice to them, but then they don't reciprocate it uh, and they may even do something negative to you uh, you know so there's there's different aspects of it so you for sure it's not always a great thing so you want to keep a monitor on it and keep an eye on it and help your people who have this social selflessness approach to life and a value monitor what's going on and channel it as best you can yeah and and they're the majority of the population and most people i tell people you know 99 point probably 8% of the population are good people. It's just the news that puts out all this negative stuff. People right. want to help. People want you to succeed. If you ask people to help them, they will. That's exactly what I was going to say. If you ask somebody, can you do me a favor or can you help me with they something? Will. Most people That's say yes. That's why most of these agents, like I, with this inventory issue, you know, if they would just call up their database and say, listen, I need your help. I have all these buyers and nothing... If you hear of anybody looking to buy or sell, would you call me? They would say yes. And then you say thank you. Right. It's not rocket science. Right. And a lot of agents before COVID, I mean, they would have like an annual event where they would remind people who they were and they would bring them to this annual event. And it it typically pays off, especially if it's not very financially expensive. Yep. Right. I agree. That's a great topic, motivating without money. It is. And and, and because it's amazing, most organizations don't even think about it. Nope. But- that's why if you want to retain your people, don't do it through money. Find some other means. If they're motivated only through money, it's just a matter of time before they go somewhere else because if they're really good, somebody else is going to find them and identify them, and they're going to steal them away from you. And you know what? My comment is let them go. Okay? Let them bankrupt somebody yeah. else. Let them cause somebody else issues because they're not going to stay there forever either. They're just going to keep on moving around because they keep on getting more and more money and that's what motivates them. I want somebody who's motivated by doing a great job and working with others and helping other people. That's awesome. So contact us at Abelson, A-B-E-L-S-O-N.net. We're having an executive training program. So if you're interested, let us know. It's called our Disc Emotive Certification. Get to us in the same uh, email address uh, at uh, Abelson at Abelson.net and hopefully join us. We're doing it in April, and it's all online, so you don't have to travel Sounds anywhere. great. Thanks, Dr. A. If you have any questions, you can email them to Mark at 8029 at Comcast.net or give them a call at 267-266-5501. You can also email me at Deanne Katsaris, 
dnkitsaris at comcast.net <laughs> or give me a call at 609-605-7153. And a special thanks to all of our listeners for tuning in every Saturday at 1 o'clock and our sponsors for keeping us on the air for all these years. And you can listen to this show and past shows at our website, goodnewsandrealestate.com. So with that, have a great week. I'm Mark Cumberland. I'm Deanne Katsaris, your mortgage mom. You've been listening to Good News and Real Estate on Talk Radio, 1210 WPHT. All positive, all, positive, all, the, all the time. Thanks for listening to Good News and Real Estate, a Jacob Media production. If you're interested in learning more about the power of the radio hour, contact Joe Krause at 267-261-3428. This program is a paid commercial announcement and does not reflect the views of WPHD or its management. Today's program has been pre-recorded.